Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. All right, not bad for a running back, says Lamar Jackson, as he finally beats the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes in prime time last night. Wasn't always pretty, but the Ravens rallied and found a way to win. 36 to 35 was the final. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. I am Shay Cornette filling in for Max Kellerman this morning. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline, and we're about to go to that Goodyear Hotline. Lewis Riddick joining us there. We're brought to you by Goodyear College Football is back, and Goodyear knows the passion it takes to drive every game forward, whether your team's home or away. The traditions that bring us together are still the same. That's the road that moves us. Goodyear, more driven. Good morning to you, Lewis. Thanks for being with us this morning. I know you're getting ready for a big game tonight. We'll get into that in a minute, but first, let's go backwards. What did you make of Lamar Jackson's performance last night? You know, the, the coolest thing about Baltimore and about Lamar and the relationship he has with his head coach is the fact that they don't really care what you think they should be, where you think Lamar should be as a quote-unquote pocket passer, quarterback, you know, in terms of how, you know, the rest of the quarterbacks play in the NFL or how people think that the NFL – game should be played at that position what they care about is how he plays how he competes how they win games and the trust that they have between one another and I think last night what what they wound up doing was they just said Lamar just do what you do best which is basically really dictate to defenses how you know how, how things are going to go when the game when it comes down to crunch time and how it usually goes with Baltimore when it comes down to crunch time is Lamar just puts it in his hands and it, he just becomes the ultimate dual threat weapon that this game has ever seen. And John has tremendous trust in his ability to make the right decisions at the right time. And it, it's, it's really fun to watch for me because we, we've done so many games with Baltimore and talked to John and talked to Lamar and talked to Greg Rome, the offensive coordinator, coordinator so many different times. And they hear some of the people who just constantly won't accept the fact that this is one of the most unique players in a unique offense that we have seen in the past 20, 30 years, but they don't care. And they, they really do believe that their style and the way that they approach the game from an offensive perspective is sustainable and is capable of winning championships. And last night, you know, it's just a, it's just another it's just another level on the ladder that they're trying to that they're trying to climb, which ultimately has a Super Bowl championship at the top with Lamar at the helm, that they that they've now conquered, and on to the next game. All right, we're talking to Lewis Riddick right now. Let's go from Sunday night to Monday night. It's time for Monday Night Football Preview, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. So we know Lewis that the Packers just had an awful Week One, but now they get a chance to bounce back against the Lions. Do you think they're going to notch their first W this evening? It'll be interesting. I think they definitely understand that the performance last week was not acceptable against New Orleans, that it's not up to their standard. They know that this coaching staff here in Detroit, though, especially on the defensive side, since most of the attention is on Green Bay's offense, they know on the defensive side with Aaron Glenn as the defensive coordinator coming from New Orleans that he's very familiar with how to defend the Packers' offense. So they know that this is going to be – maybe a bigger challenge than maybe most people on the outside feels though that it's going to be. And I think they're ready for it. Aaron Rodgers was very, very, very direct, very serious about how he felt that this team needed to play in this game. For me personally, I think 
it's even more interesting how this Packers defense looks because I think that ultimately is what will cap their upside if their upside gets capped here in 2021 because of the fact that they aren't able to get on the same page and play up to a championship level. That's what I'm even more interested in. I'm not worried about the Packers offense. Everyone else may be freaking out about some of the things that happened to them, but I'm not worried about them because they're the reigning MVP. They're one of the great systems of, of, in terms of offensive uh, football that this game has right now. I think they'll be fine on that side. I think we're in for a really good game. What What about the expectations, though, Lewis, of what we saw last week against the New Orleans Saints mm-hmm. but as we move forward? Does the expectations change for Green Bay now that we've had two weeks to see other teams in the NFC the likes of the Rams, the, the 49ers, Arizona Cardinals, obviously Tampa Bay, Car- emerging Carolina team? Um, I don't think it changes, Key. I think it's still, for them, it's always win the division, be a contender in the NFC, get to the t- conference title game and get to the Super Bowl. I don't think it changes at all. Um, I don't think they really worry about how other, every other every other team is looking, either on the upside or the downside. I think the, the the expectation here is to always be the division winner, always be in the conference title game, always be pushing for Super Bowls. And that hasn't changed regardless of what everyone else is doing or regardless of how they played last week. They know last week was unacceptable. They, they know that. And you could hear that come, coming through loud and clear from everybody that we talked to. And like I said, I think offensively, Keith, I think they'll be fine. I, I think they will put up points. I think they'll be a 21, 24 point easily per game type of offense as we when this year plays out. The thing I'm concerned about is defensively, is whether is, is whether or not they can get on the same page from a communication standpoint and whether or not they're a football team that when teams challenge them as far as the physical aspect of the game, trying to stop the run, teams try to come downhill on them, can they handle that? Because you know that's what they're going to get tonight from Detroit. That's why I think this game is going to be better than maybe what many people expect it to be. Lewis, Dan Campbell in his first year, obviously, with the Detroit Lions. Uh, but what are some of the steps that he needs to take in order to change the culture of the Lions organization? Mm. What would you do? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the, one of the things that they are doing is they're trying to instill this belief in players that, you know, hard work, physicality, staying true to, you know, the, the message that he has put into place all along, which is attention to detail, again, playing physical, playing assignment-focused football, is something that ultimately will result in wins. And I, and I think in order to change cultures, Jay, I think that's one of the things that ultimately you have to have success with the things that you're preaching. Every coach kind of has the blueprint or has some version of the of the blueprint or the speech that uh, – that, that you need when you go into a, into an organization or into a program to kind of like reset everything. Every coach kind of says basically the same kind of thing, but ultimately as a player, if you don't see it positively impact you as far as your performance or impact your team, as far as winning, the culture ain't changing. What ultimately starts changing the culture is success on the football field. Seeing you have more points than, than the opponent does. And until they start winning, or when they start winning, because they do believe that they will start winning here, it's not going to we, – we just don't know if, it, if it's going to be successful. I, I know that the, uh, the coaches that they have on this staff are very, very competent, have, really, have gained the respect of the players 
uh, on this football team based on the kind of things that they, those coaches did as players when they played in the NFL. They're highly, highly skilled as far as teaching the game, the fundamentals of the game. So I think they're on the right track. And I think they are having these guys kind of lose some of the mentality that they've had in the past in terms of being accustomed to losing, not really expecting to win. I think they're changing that and they're getting their kind of people in here and the kind of people they think will buy into their message. But ultimately it's going to have to, in order for them to ultimately change the culture, they have to win and they have to win in significant moments, like on Monday night, like against the Titans of the league, like the Giants, I mean, like the Packers, because until they start doing that, it's just all talk. Lewis Riddick, ESPN, Monday Night Football analyst, joining us uh, on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. You could listen to him tonight on Monday Night Football. Um, Jared Goff brought the Detroit Lions back from a 24-point deficit to close the gap mm-hmm. last week against the San Francisco 49ers. But, Lewis, you know how this league is. He seems to be on a, I don't know, trial basis for Detroit right now. What does he have to mm-hmm. do to solidify that spot for the future? I think like all quarterbacks, man, he needs to, when they need him the most, when he needs to convert those third downs that are crucial in crucial moments the most, when he needs to throw to make those make the right decisions in the red area, whether it be getting them into the right run play or making the right throw, making the quick you know, quick, correct read to get it to the right receiver, that he does that on a consistent basis. I think that's what over the course of the 17-game season he's going to have to show in order for them to stay down on this path and stay heading down this road with him. I do know and I do believe that this coaching staff believes in him. They have really kind of brought him into this organization and into this new program that they're starting up you know, in a very inclusive type of way. They have allowed him to have a lot of input on how this offense looks, what he likes to run, what he doesn't like to run, what are his favorite plays, what aren't his favorite plays. There's a lot of collaboration going on with him, with this organization, as they start off and really get the ball rolling here. And that seems to have re- to really uh, have re-energized him. And Dan Campbell and, and Anthony Lynn, the offensive coordinator, and Deuce Staley, the assistant head coach, they all have echoed that sentiment and believe that Jared will have as good a year as he possibly can have based on the fact that there's been a lot of trust established here and that they are going to give him, without a doubt, their full support and every opportunity for him to be the quarterback of the future here. So we'll see. Yes, sir. You talk about re-energizing. I don't know that Dan Campbell needs more energy. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe re-energize. That's true, too. (laughs) That's That's true, too. (laughs) Lewis Riddick, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Good luck on the call tonight. You bet. Thanks. All right, bye, Lewis. All right, that's the Monday Night Football preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Again, Monday Night Football. It's Lions and Packers tonight. Lewis Riddick will be on the call. That's on ESPN. You can also catch the ESPN2 broadcast with Eli Manning and Peyton Manning, which is also quite interesting. Okay, we, we were just talking about Jared Goff, now obviously with the Lions, but what about his old team? That would be the Rams. The Rams are now 2-0. Um, they played the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis, and yes, there was an injury to Carson Wentz. But nonetheless, it was still a really good game, and the Rams look to be as advertised. Most impressive thing that you've seen thus far, Key, from the Rams? Really, the quarterback. I mean, I guess I guess you could – I guess I look at it as impressive, but at the same time, he does have a, a competent offensive play caller. He does have a bunch of offensive weapons. So I would think that he I – would, I would think that that was going to be the case in terms of him looking like he looked – 
uh, over the last two games. With him at the quarterback spot, it certainly feels like the Rams can really compete in the NFC. But then when you talk about impressive, the dude number 99, I don't even know what else to say about Aaron Donald. <laughs> like, I just – nobody can block him. No matter what they do, they just cannot seem to block him. Just yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, their D is stout. You know, in, in basketball, as a, as a PG, there's this termi- terminology that you have to be uh, an extension of your coach on the floor at all times. And it just feels like Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay are on the same page, and that speaks volumes. And mm-hmm. you know, the one thing that I heard from Sean McVay and other people consistently about Jared Goff is that, you know, he wasn't consistent with his long throws. Like there, and I think what you see with Matthew Stafford is the deep ball, man. It, it, it opens up the field for them drastically from an offensive perspective. Here's the thing I'll say about the Rams. You know, when uh, they have injuries to their running back room, right? Cam Akers tears his Achilles and he's out for the rest of the season. Like, okay, well, you're going to rely on Matthew Stafford to throw the football. They're going to be a one-dimensional team, right? That was kind of the narrative. They're not. I mean, yes, obviously they like to throw first. They have a decent run game there with Daryl Henderson Jr. now. I mean, they had over 100 yards rushing on the game and Cooper Cup had negative five yards, like, to add on to that. And so while, yes, they obviously like to throw the ball more, the Rams have found a way to be – more than just a throw-first, pass-happy team, which I think is impressive. Now it's only been two weeks, but I think that's something. there's something to be said Well, they've that. always had balance, though. Yeah. They've, so always, the they've always had balance. If you go back to the Todd Gurley Super Bowl days, they had balance. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff was balanced in the run game and in the pass game. And so I think that they, running back by committee right now, without Cam Akers in there, they can get back to that balance. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see as the season continues to progress – what exactly it is that they're going to look like because they're getting ready to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is a totally different defense than the Indianapolis Colts. Although Indianapolis's defense is supposed to be solid and sound, and they gave them a little bit of run for their money, but it was, it's not Tampa Bay's defense and all the different exotic blitzes and the different things that they like to uh, bring to the table with Ty Bowles. The one thing I would say about the Rams, though, is the defense as a whole has got to get better. They've got to get better. Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, but the other people got to come to the party. Well, the Daryl Henderson injury, there's still no word on that rib yet, what happened with that, but uh, Sonny Michelle is there, and also, mm-hmm. you know, the rookie Jake Funk. That seems to be the only question you have, and maybe the, the defense is secondary again. Right, yeah. totally. Okay, so he mentioned this. We get a battle of 2-0 and o teams when the Bucks visit the Rams next week, and Adam Schefter just tweeted this this morning. I, I couldn't believe this, but then Keith pointed out how it is true. When the Buccaneers play the Rams on Sunday, it'll mark the first NFL game that Tom Brady has played in Los Angeles, and that's obviously coming up on this Sunday. Um, Brady off to a fantastic start, and look, this narrative isn't going away. Matthew Stafford has not won a playoff game, whereas Tom Brady has got seven rings. Like, let's just call it what it is, you know? And now I know you don't need to tell me that these two quarterbacks don't play directly against each other, but we've got a great quarterback duel that's going to happen on Sunday between Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford. And I feel like it's never too early to start talking about what we're going to see. And this is probably a true, true measuring stick at this point for Matthew Stafford. Shay, on they Sunday. don't play each other. I know. Thank you. I, did, I forgot. I forgot. It's true. But now we're going to see a great quarterback go up against a very good quarterback, and where do they stack up against one another? It's going to be one, I think, has a – in Matthew Stafford, he'll be going up against a different challenge on defense where Tom Brady already knows where's number five and where's 99. Mm -hmm. As long as they can find five and 99, then that offense can operate because when you got uh, Chris Godwin – and you got Mike Evans and Gronkowski and Antonio Brown in the mix. 
right there, and with Fournette and Ronald Jones in the backfield, five can only take away one person in the secondary. Mm-hmm. So where's five? Oh, five's over there? No problem. Five can't take 87 away. Five can't take five can't take 13 away. Five can't take 81 away. You know, so you start trying to find out where Jalen Ramsey is at. Identify him because that'll tell you a lot in coverage. And then you find out where 99 is and you keep it moving. What's the, what's the challenge? Why is the challenge different for Stafford? Because they have so much more on the defensive side that they have to account for it. The different things that they're going to be doing. The blitzing, uh, you know, trying to blitz everybody up the A-gap or decide to come with some exotic corner cap blitzes. Just different variations of defensive style in which they play where uh, Raheem Morris, the new defensive coordinator, came over from Atlanta. He's more base, keep things simplified because he has a shutdown corner. He doesn't want to mess around with that. And then you got number 99 who, who's going to eat up two people almost <laughs> on every single snap. Yeah, it don't matter, right? Um, so two 2-0 two and o, two and o teams going up against one another. One inevitably is going to have an L at the end of this. And so we'll see how that game goes. But it's Bucks and Rams, and we're really looking forward to it. Okay, but what we're doing is making way too early predictions. At least that's what Keyshawn Johnson here is doing. And he says there is an MVP already through two weeks of the season. We'll tell you about that next. That's after Jay has got this from Goodyear. It's our favorite time of the year as we're back traveling the road for college football. And Goodyear knows the passion and excitement it takes to drive forward. Whether your team is home or away, the game's traditions are still the same. Through every first down, touchdown, or fourth quarter comeback, by moving, anything is possible. Goodyear is here to drive you forward on the road that moves us all. Goodyear, more driven. Let's go new huddle. Talk about some good quarterback play in week two in the NFL. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. I'm Shay Cornett filling in for Max Kellerman this morning. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can also give us a call here on the Dr. Pepper call in line. It's 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-SAY-ESPN. Okay, we're going to start this no huddle with Jameis Winston because everyone was talking about Jameis Winston and the Saints, right? After their week one beatdown of the Packers. But then what does that say about the Panthers and their 2-0 start after they beat up on the Saints in week two? Well, here's Sam Darnold after throwing for over 300 passing yards yesterday. You know, I've always had, you know, a lot of confidence. Um, you know, that's never going to change. But, um, you know, just finding completions and, and continuing to move the ball down the field is a good feeling. Yeah, finding completions, getting the ball downfield, coming away 2-0, something Sam Darnold hasn't been accustomed to and now is, huh, Keith? Finally, he finally gets an opportunity to display his talents that made the Jets select him in the first round a couple years ago. Look, he's only playing – with players that can help him win right now. And DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, but Joe Brady, offensive coordinator, is putting him in position to be successful, unlike his short-term tenure that he had with the Jets. They did not have a competent head coach or offensive play caller, and therefore this is what you got, and you're seeing it happening with Zach Wilson now. Put in a position to be successful. Isn't that something, Key? No, there's not too many Michael Jordans or Tom Brady's out there for a lot of other athletes 
It depends upon who you put around them. Mm-hmm. It depends upon what scheme you have them play. Speaks volumes. And I'm glad to see Sam Darnold continue to rise. Well, he an- deserves it. Yeah, I'm with you. And another guy who's got a lot around him would be Kyler Murray. He became the first player in NFL history with at least three passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown in each of the team's first two games this season as the Cardinals. They hung on to win against the Vikings, 34-33. to And so here is Kyler Murray on the big difference between year one and two versus year three now night and day you know I'm, I'm I see it all out there you know and it's, it's um, slowed down for sure I understand our offense you know the guys understand what we're trying to do so you know we're, we're moving as one for the most part we just got to clean a lot of stuff up you know it's a long season um, so uh, definitely I, I feel I feel great as far as you know command of what's going on and all that type of stuff yeah, I think he he does a tremendous job within this offense. There's no question it slows down from year one to three, and it'll slow down from year three to seven. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just part of it. The problem is in Arizona is not Kyler Murray for me. It's more about what will that defense become, and can they figure out how to run the ball on a consistent basis in the National Football League. He's going to always put up video game numbers because the system allows you to put up video game numbers, and right now he's on the trajectory of becoming one of the top three MVP vote-getters in the National Football League today. I love playing Madden. I mean, it's like you're playing Madden. That's what it feels like when you play with Kyler Murray. I understand the defense has a lot of questions. But even, okay, watching a game where DJ, where, where Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, excuse me, gets kind of strapped up to a degree, then you have big-time explosions from other players in the perimeter. Christian Kirk didn't even play that well. So for him to put up the numbers he's putting up, the kid's overly impressive, and each year it's gotten better. Losing season, last year 8-8, eight and eight. this year is going to continue to get better. Okay, can I just really quick, like when I saw the line for this game, I was like, what? Uh, how are they only favored by, I think it was three points or something, after the Vikings lost the Bengals in week one? I was, Vegas always knows. Like, this game was way too close for, I, I had no idea this game was going to be this close. No idea. Yeah, I couldn't I, believe it. I didn't pick it. Yeah, uh, probably for good reason. All right, Tom Brady. He throws five touchdown passes for the best start of his career, if you can actually believe that. Brady, 24 of 36, 276 yards, five passing TDs. Brady's nine passing TDs through two games are tied for second most in NFL history. Unbelievable. And Bruce Arians, the Buck head coach, knows that he's got a good thing going with Tom Brady leading the way on this offense. He's got a great grasp of it. That's obvious, you know, and um... – the way teams are trying to play us, he sees it early, and uh, they usually don't break their pattern. Even when the game got back tight, they were, they were still the same. So, And guys made plays for him. We still dropped some balls, though. It could have been a better output earlier. It ended up being a nice output, but should have happened earlier. Yeah, what coaches like to say about players in certain situations, Tom Brady came in last year, no real offseason. They won the Super Bowl anyway. <laughs> but a player will tell, a coach will tell a player, Know your personnel. And the one thing that Tom Brady knows is his personnel. He knows how to throw the football to who, how to back shoulder who, how to put the football in front or behind or low or high. This is because he's in this system and around these guys Mm -hmm. for the second time. And whenever you get that, you get comfort level with a guy like Tom Brady who can come up to the line of scrimmage, wave things off, say, I don't want that play. Last year, that wasn't the case. Now he can simply run everything right from underneath the huddle and never have to look to the sideline. Yeah, the defense with two pick sixes really kind of sealed the game for them in the fourth the other day. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I love watching the inner competition that happens between teammates, Shay. And, you know, last week out of week one, everybody kept talking about, hey, Antonio Brown could be the number one wide receiver. See what Mike Evans did this weekend? Mm -hmm. I mean, two touchdowns. 
Tom Brady makes the game easy, but don't forget about how talented they are at the wide I mean, receiver position. They just position. have so Man. many weapons. Like where you look all over the field and they've got someone that can score a touchdown in any given moment. Uh, this Buccaneers team has not lost since week 12 last season, and now they have a date with the L.A. Rams coming up this Sunday, 2-2-0 team, so it should be a good one. All right, speaking of good quarterback play, Key's MVP through two weeks delivered a big win. In Pittsburgh, that would be Derek Carr. He threw for at least 300 yards for a fourth straight game dating back to last season and now has 817 passing yards mm-hmm. through his first two games, the most in Raiders franchise history. And John Gruden says he has been a believer in Derek Carr all along. I just let his performance speak for itself. I've been, I've been clamoring about Derek Carr since I've been here. So hopefully he gets some recognition for doing what he did today. You know, he had some long drives. He was uh, big again at the end of the game against two great defenses two weeks in a row, and it's a big reason why we've been able to win. John's correct about all that. The reason they've been able to win is two big defenses. He took care of the Baltimore Ravens. He went into Pittsburgh when a lot of people didn't think that they had an opportunity and a chance, especially since Jacobs wasn't going to be in the backfield, that it was going to be a a run by committee. He went to Pittsburgh, took care of business against a team that went into Buffalo and won a week ago, and everybody was thinking, okay, we feel like the Steelers are back. Well, that got erased quickly. And when you talk about some respect, I've always given Derek Carter respect that he deserved ever since coming out of Fresno State. The guy has just been solid, sound. What else you were consistent? Like, what else do you want? I don't, I don't understand. But when John Gruden is John Gruden and you acquire a guy like Marcus Mariota in free agency and you pay him X amount of money, the first thing people think is that you don't like the quarterback. So this noise and this narrative was set for a while now about Derek Carr since, since John's been the coach that they're looking to go in a different direction. Then you have other quarterbacks that won't, out of certain situations, start mentioning the names of Oakland. So people think that Carr is not good enough to go to and win an MVP. All I'm saying is I can't wait to be on Stephen A. first take tomorrow because he <laughs> told me I was a damn fool thinking about Carr putting him in that elite category through week two. He's the MVP vote getter right behind him is Kyler Murray. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that standing. I, I would say this. The, the Ravens win last night over the Chiefs only further validates how Derek Carr is playing. Yeah. And, and the win for the Raiders, too, right? Now, granted, huge win on the road against the Steelers. I give them a lot of credit. But even, you know, it's like Rex Ryan said, that defense continues to make strides. And he continues to play like this. Uh, this is the team that we can start talking about that could be there when it all matters. So it's funny because week one of 2020 up until, you know, yesterday, the Steelers were doing something consistent. They were holding opponents to a league low 58% of completions when throwing from inside the pocket. Well, guess what Derek Carr did yesterday? Well, he threw from the pocket, all right, and he bumped that up to almost 80%. He throws for 372 yards and two touchdowns. Like the Steelers were not allowing quarterbacks to play the way Derek Carr was able to play yesterday, and I think that's a really good point. Like we saw a lot, obviously, from Derek Carr against the Steelers. We saw even more the week before against the Ravens, and now the Ravens just took care of business against the Chiefs. And, and you know, it's going to be funny to see where things end come playoff time. I think the Raiders, this is a different year for them. In the past, they've started off hot. Last year, 6-2, and two, fizzled toward the end of the season. But this, and I said this last week, Tuesday, when they beat the Ravens, this is different. This mm-hmm. just feels different. Yeah, I think Dan Quinn... On the defensive side, or Gus Bradley, I'm sorry, on the defensive side, I always get those two mixed up because they both were in Seattle. Mm-hmm. On the defensive side for them has done a tremendous job. The defensive front with Rob Marinelli 
is starting to bring pressure to the quarterback. They've got to shore up the back end and the secondary. If they can get those guys to start playing a little more solid, the Raiders are going to be a tough out as the, as we continue the season. Like, there's no more excuses, right, in Vegas for these Raiders. Like, they had a reconstructed O-line. Who cares? They still played well. They still had guys. For the, no Josh Jacobs. Who cares? They still found a way to win. It's all good. If you want to give us a call, feel free. The Dr. Pepper call on line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're asking you, what was the most impressive win of week two, perhaps most per- impressive performance? Steven has been hanging out in North Carolina on the line for a hot minute now and has something to say about these Vegas Raiders. Good morning to you. Stephen, what's on your mind? Uh, yes, ma'am. Good morning from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. The Raiders were definitely the most impressive team. They were on the cusp last year, but this year I see cohesiveness, I see love, and I see a team that wants it. Yeah, I think it's a different situation than it was in the past. Now, the moment that we say that, they'll <laughs> lose three in a row. I mean, it's just that's just how it goes, right? Yeah, the minute we're giving them all the love now, that's well, probably better not, not lose at home to the Dolphins, right? Without Tua, that seems like that's a gimme. That's right. It seems like that's a game that they should win, um, but you just never know because it's the NFL, Shay, and anybody can win on any given Sunday, as they like to say. But I think this Raider, this Raider team, if they can get Josh Jacobs back, you you know that they they're, they're going to throw the football. It was good to see Henry Ruggs lift the top off of it, fastest guy in 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 the draft a year ago. Now, when you look at that. You said, or two years ago now, when you look at that, you say, okay, the vertical stretch game is back in Raider football. This is what the Raiders traditionally, historically like. They like the long ball. So Henry Ruggs has been able to do that. Can they continue to get him the ball deep on a consistent basis? And if not, the guys coming underneath, can they continue to do what they need to do? And they are traditionally a gritty football team, right? And you're seeing a little bit more of that identity as well. Look, like I haven't we checked have, their penalties though. Uh, I need to see yeah. if they there still were a few getting, games last year that were getting woo, a bunch of penalties. Not good. Um, Look, we had a lot to say about John Gruden and his decisions when he traded away Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack and on down the line. And what was it actually going to turn into? Well, now you're looking at this year as the year as to what this is all going to turn into as everything is starting to hopefully come together and this 2-0 start is not just lightning in a bottle. Well, you hope so. I mean, they still, in my opinion, haven't replaced Amari Cooper, although they would tell you they're getting all of the production from Waller to tie it in, so it's a wash there. They really haven't replaced the Oakland Raiders' Khalil Mack. They haven't replaced that. That's, in fact, why rumors were out there this offseason that, that they back. put in a phone call to the Chicago Bears yep. to see if they would like to bring him back to Las Vegas or trade him back to Las Vegas. Yeah, which obviously didn't happen. Now, when you're on with Stephen A. tomorrow, I'm going to give you this stat, okay, for Derek Carr. I'm going to let you use this. Players with 4,000 passing yards and no more than 10 interceptions in each of the past three seasons. Aaron Rodgers. And Derek Carr. I mean, that's it. That's the list. He's yeah, playing really good take football. that, Stephen A. I'll let you have that one tomorrow, <laughs> Keyshawn. Um, all right, we got one more call here. Let's go uh, Zoo Tigers. I think that's the name. Uh, good morning to you. Hello. Are you there? Hey, good morning. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here out of Columbia, Missouri. I- I'm sorry. I just have to – I had to call in. Key, I understand what you're saying about Derek Carr and uh, Kyler Murray, but you guys are way off. Tom Brady's the MVP. He led a game-winning drive. He's got nine touchdowns through two games. How are you guys not saying Tom Brady at 44 is not the MVP? Well, I'm not saying that he's not the MVP, and I'm not saying that he won't be the MVP. But when you go up against two of the top defenses in the National Football League and you do exactly what Derek Carr has been able to do, not against the Atlanta Falcons and not against a retooled Dallas Cowboys defense that you put nine touchdowns on, no. Tom Brady may wind up being the MVP, but in week two, 
he's not the MVP. And then when you want to talk about Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray just running around there just it's like video game football. Mighty Mouse is doing whatever he needs to do. <laughs> Mighty Mouse football is my favorite phrase so far this morning. Okay, we're going to tell you who he won money. He doesn't like that, though. Yeah, maybe not. We're <laughs> going to tell you not. who won money and who lost money in week two. So remind me who to listen to and who not to listen to. Plus, one guy who delivered on the mound this weekend. It's not who you think. That's after Key has this from O'Reilly. Or your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking. Don't compromise your visibility with streaks or smearing on your windows. When it's time to replace your wiper blade, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. The professional parts people will help you navigate their wide selection to find just the right wiper blades for your vehicle. O'Reilly Auto Parts will even install your wiper blades free of charge. Jay, man, they hooking it up. Free of charge. (laughs) See better and drive safer with new wiper blades at O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's Greeny, and what a weekend it is. Week two in the NFL, week three in college football. Tons of big games to break down, and we'll do it all together Monday. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. should be going right we'll see where we're at with Tua such as life in the NFL man we'll absorb this and make corrections and grow from it touchdown Titans Derrick Henry just went 60 it is good no he it's missed so it good. are you kidding me throws for the end zone touchdown that's five touchdown passes for Tom Brady pick six Roquan Smith, it's cup again. The country will see it tonight on Sports <laughs> Center. Kelsey still on the move and drags a Raven all the way into the end zone. Lamar Jackson, he flips in for the go-ahead touchdown. It is fourth down and one. Jackson runs to the left. He's got a gap. He's got a first down. Real good to get that monk off our back. We got to keep staying focused. It was a thriller on Sunday nights <laughs> between the Ravens Jesus. and the Chiefs. What What is happening over there? You're moving. Because and- I, I like doing that when I'm watching the highlights because it's just yeah, like, uh-huh. they just Plus Ray Lewis gets them hyped up. Yeah. The yeah, step. see, I wasn't one of them dudes <laughs> sitting there watching Ray. When we played, I didn't. I mean, they tried to make you watch him come out the tunnel. But I just I like sit down. He's too yeah. He's too. I'm good. not for to sit there and watch Ray. Hold a Scotty Pippen. Ready to do all that. Sit down. <laughs> I can't down. use exactly. can't use all the words. It was hype though. I mean, it was yeah. it got him hype. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. I'm Shay Cornette filling in for Max Kellerman this morning. Um, so I have been told because I'm not on the show every single day that there's some sort of picks going on here yes. someone losing money someone uh, making good. money yes. and so evan our fearless producer is going to come in and tell you guys what is up after two weeks uh, in the yeah, nfl uh, ev what's going not on evan talks. that's not how i talk uh speaking of mike tannenbaum on the show tomorrow oh, geez. Oh, geez. Oh, that's what key i'm sorry no this is a, a peek into our production why, why are you here. telling things you talk about jay telling stuff you telling stuff you tell stuff. <laughs> Where are the picks? You're looking at me. What are the picks? I'll tell you. I was just teasing the show tomorrow. Okay. Have get All right. to it. So Key had like Key had a total of a hundred bucks on the line this weekend. He had ten dollars on the under in the KC Baltimore game, forty dollars 
for the Browns to cover and $50 for the Patriots to cover. Um, so he just broke even for the entire week. 100 bucks oh. on the line, and the guy just comes away with no money and loses no money. So what did he have? Can you give me those plays again? $10 on $10 to win $10 on the under on KC Baltimore. Okay. That hit the over. $40 to win $40 on the Browns covering against Houston. They did not. And $50 on the Patriots uh, to cover minus six. They did cover. Yeah, they covered. Yeah, they covered. Oh, trust me, I was watching all Keys bets this weekend. So, uh, broke so but like, so yeah, those so were, he's those still got 126 bucks. Yeah, that's a so, that's a good. Yep. Those are good picks. So I would have never even the for the week. Even for the week, still total bank of 126.80. That's good enough for second place because Jay made a big move. Oh, Jay went from the red players. after losing seven dollars eleven cents in week one. Jay won forty dollars. He won it all on the uh, Tampa Bay. To cover versus Atlanta, he also nice. lost ten dollars on the uh, Chiefs to cover. Lost yeah. five dollars on the over under in that game, and Spade then and, key, and then uh, also won fifteen dollars on uh, the Broncos. They Broncos covered. to cover. Yeah. Okay, I love the Broncos, but you both took the under in the Ravens. Well, no, he, he he took the under, and I just wanted to fade it. You like, I, it's I like, just said you, play, you lost money on the under over under too. Yeah, because I, I fade. He said it first, and I just wanted to fade him. I wanted just. Piggyback him real quick oh, and then double down. Case double down. Yes, so that you, guys you play craps and you start fading yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I play eight every eight, time in exactly. craps. My favorite number eight. You know what I mean? Eight. Uh, and then time. Max is at ninety four fifty eight. He lost six dollars this weekend. <laughs> Joe Fornbar, our gambling expert, also lost six dollars. So he's down in the red. <laughs> I'm at 90, betting all. Like, don't y'all make decent? I'm betting all my money on one team next week. Tune in Thursday to find out their picks for week three. Betting all my money on one team next week. Who? The Raiders. All of it. Don't worry about it. You're not going to say? Mm-mm. And don't y'all make, like, decent money? You're betting, like, $3 here, $5 No, not here. no. no. Not we are, Key and I are actually betting. No, Max I and bet Joe are betting, like, three ninety nine. Oh, okay. I, I was like, what's on going on here? We're betting $4, $3. That's Jay now. Um, all right. So, outside of the money that <laughs> you guys are making and losing on this show, although I will say all your picks I, I agree with, except for the under in the Ravens-Chiefs game, but it's over with now. Uh, you had a big weekend, uh, Mr. Jay Williams, didn't you, throughout the first pitch of the Mets game? I had fun, yeah. I got a chance to spend some time with Marcus Stroman, uh, my fellow Duke guy. See him, Francisco Lindor, which is really cool. Uh, you know, Luis Rojas, the manager, talked to them. It was just cool actually getting a chance to be around yeah. guys. Uh. Uh, look, look, that's the play. I'm a basketball guy, man. I was just trying to get over home plate. Everybody kept trying to talk to me, Key, about uh, 50 Cent. They're like, hey, man, 2014. Have you not seen this video? Oh, oh talk, yeah. I the the you, pitch. The oh, I thought pitch. you yes. said he was trying to talk to you about how to pitch. That's why I looked like that. Yeah, no. I was like, no, I wouldn't no, be taking no advice from him. I was not trying him. to pitch like Mr. 50. Yeah. Not at all. But it was a cool. it was just cool to be back around players. I haven't had that in so long. You know what I mean? Yeah. What you laughing at? Just being around other people, huh? totally. That what makes you laughing sense. at? Nothing. You just look like. A happy guy. I'm just laughing. I know you got jokes. No, I don't. Yeah. Just don't laugh. He's just got laugh. jokes. Because I look like no, a happy guy. He like was over here guy. telling us how he just, when he used to trash talk in the NFL, he did it under his breath. He still does it when we're on air. He's I'm just like laughing. He's trying to clown somebody. He always I, got Yeah, you're trying to clown someone. I didn't say someone. nothing. All I, I did know was you, fool. I just looked at you said you look like a baseball player. You look happy. <laughs> say it into the mic, what you're trying to really you say. Tiny you, jokes, you got tiny jokes. That uniform you just had on, the jersey. You look good. It's terrible. Uh, all right, really quick. It's we so got nice. a few calls that we need to get to. Let's do that really fast. This is the Dr. Pepper call on line 888-SAY-ESPN. Chad is in Cleveland. Good morning, Chad. What's up? Hey, good morning. Hey, I just wanted to talk to you guys. We're talking about the Raiders win. We got to turn on your radio, though, the man. The Titans win and, and Derrick Henry and all that stuff for uh, – 
for what he did in the second half in that stadium, giving Pete Carroll his first home loss. Uh, okay, so he, he's talking about – it was a little hard to hear with the radio. He was talking about Derrick Henry, what he was able to do in Seattle and the way the Titans were able to win on the road, and we know one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. No, that's big. That's that's, But that's their offense. Their offense is Derrick Henry. And then you mix in the passing game. You don't try to – everybody assumed because they went out there and got an upgrade from Julio Jones that they were just getting ready to be a drop-back passing yeah. team. No, that's okay. not the case. You got to get a ball to that big dude – and allow him to set the tempo of the game. But CK, I think it was the fact that versus Arizona, when they were down early, they went solely to the th- to the quarterback game, right? Whereas now, when they're down twenty four nine, they didn't do that. They stayed with the running game, and that's how they got themselves back into the game to win. That that's impressive. Look, week one, two, probably an anomaly. Like, who gets sacked five times? Chandler Jones was just a monster against that Tennessee Titans team. They went back to more of the same, right? Running the football, getting back to what they know, trying to defend the pass rush a little. Like, they just could not figure it out about against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, quickly, really quick, Packers-Lions, who do you like tonight? Yeah, Packers. Packers, far and away, right? Like, bounce back they should, game. They should win, but we'll see. Yeah, we will see. So that's on Monday Night Football tonight. Packers and Lions, looking forward to it again. ESPN2, you can catch Eli and Peyton Manning and all their hilarity. Max is back in tomorrow. It's been fun hanging out with Jay Williams and Keyshawn Johnson. Greeny is on next with Dan Orlowski. Enjoy the game tonight as we wrap up week two in the NFL. We'll see you all next time.